0: you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit multrimobile.com. Welcome to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. The fact is, there is no better scent-suppressing material than rubber, and that's why, for generations, whitetail hunters have been wearing lacrosse boots. Check out the Alpha Burley Pro hunting boot at lacrossefootwear.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Oh yeah, yep, yep, that's it. It's Friday. I don't know why I started recording this podcast today with a popsicle in my hand that was a bad move because it's gonna melt while i do this intro and this outro so if you hear me sucking on something it's a popsicle that is good that came out weird but anyway i'm not gonna edit the this out of that out of the intro but what i will say is that we have a kick-ass podcast on this friday edition of the nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by exodus trail cameras enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will receive $20 off of your purchase of an Exodus trail camera. Go visit their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com. Now, today's podcast, we're going to be talking with a gentleman named Sam Valvo, and Sam Hunts in New York, and we're going to talk about a variety of things, but the top, the two main topics we're going to be talking about today are number one some a streak of bad luck that he's had uh throughout the years uh specifically the last two years where he has either missed a deer or he has hit a deer and not recovered it and maybe some of the the head games that plays with a a bow hunter or a hunter in general so we're going to be talking about that we're also going to be talking about 120 acres of land that he recently purchased, what his plans are for that uh, from a habitat standpoint, food plots, uh, so forth and so on. So uh, yeah, it's going it's to be a great Friday with another great podcast. And as always, before we do, just to elaborate about what I said about uh, Exodus trail cameras, they're flipping awesome, Right? they're they are a badass trail camera and you know i they pay me to rep their product but i have not had one problem with their product right um i did have a miscommunication because i'm a dumbass so i did end up calling them they answered through their customer service line and they helped me on the phone with the problem right there while i was in the woods and um it's, that's a big deal. It's customer Great customer service and a great product makes a great company. And they have multiple offerings now, right? They have the uh, little bit more expensive trail camera, which is the Lift 2. It's the 2.0 version. It is absolutely awesome trail camera. And right now, out in the timber and in the fields, I have the Trek out. Right? And what that is is a, um, it's a cheaper version, doesn't have the LCD screen, but it has a lot of other great functionalities uh, similar to the lift. no LCD screen. But um, you know, go to ExodusOutdoorGear.com to find out more information about these uh, trail cameras that they're making. Um, and if you do decide to purchase, which dude, all you have to do is ask anyone who follows this website who has ended up purchasing. Or following this podcast who has ended up purchasing a trail camera from Exodus, I'm telling you right now, it is, uh, you're going to get a positive review out of them. So uh, check it out, exodusoutdoorgear.com, enter the discount code 9FINGERS, that's the number 9, followed by the word FINGERS, and you will save $20 off your trail camera purchase. And that's it. Let's get into today's podcast with Sam Valvo. All right everybody, I'm on the phone now with Sam Valvo. How you doing, man? Good, how are you, Dan? I'm doing good, doing good. So, I don't know, man, are you jacked for this upcoming season? Cuz I'm getting to that point now where every day it starts to stair step up. I'm getting I'm like 4 weeks out from an elk hunt. I'm you know, 8 weeks out till Uh, bow opener here in Iowa and I'm just starting to slowly get jacked up for this uh, hunting season. How about you?
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I mean, October 1st is the opener here in New York and uh, this is uh, my wife and I just bought this property here. We got about 120 acres that last year was the first year we hunted it. We kind of moved um, early September so it was kind of a rush to hunt the property so I've kind of been feeling it out here and doing you know, some food plots and just figuring out what's going on with the property and deer movement and shooting my ball every day at least playing in a few arrows and getting ready for it getting excited
0: yeah absolutely so let's start it how we always start it why don't you tell me what part of new york you're from and what do you do for a living
1: so i'm down in the southwest corner uh, New York, uh, close to the Pennsylvania border, kind of um, very rural area. A lot of ag and dairy around here, and um, yeah, I'm a CNC machinist at uh, aerospace manufacturing.
0: So you sit in front of a machine and watch uh, watch it uh, work
1: all day, or do you do like the programming, or what do you do? Um, yeah, we kind of do the programming and and the and the operation of the machine. Gotcha. So
0: what kind of parts do you make?
1: Uh, we make bearings for aircraft, helicopter, a lot of military stuff.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Like, uh, the bearing that, uh, spins the, the propellers.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything, gearboxes, dial gauges, jet engines. I mean, if it's in an airplane, we make it.
0: <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. That might be a first. So it's
1: pretty, uh, Oh yeah. yeah it's pretty, uh, Kind of high-tech, you know, you got to have, you know, the right parts going in something that's uh, people lives at their state every day, so. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, New York, is that where you've always lived? Yeah, born and
1: raised.
0: Yep. Okay, same kind of, same part of the state, southwest?
1: Yep, same part of the state. Okay. Yeah, the, the house I grew up, I'm only 15 miles away.
0: Okay, I got you. So you stuck around your neighborhood. Now, the question is, when you were growing up, how old are you? You're, th- you're 33, right? Yeah,
1: 33, yep.
0: Okay, so you were born in, like, what, 1985? 1984, yep. 1984. Coming up here. Okay, so yep. my question to you is, what is what, what when you were a kid, how did you get introduced into hunting?
1: Definitely my dad. I mean, I was lucky with him. Like, before, like, so 12 years old is legal to start small game hunting in New York. And we always had beagles. So, like, even before that, like, my dad, we had two dogs. And, you know, a couple of buddies of his had dogs. We were involved with, like, this little beagle club and let the dogs run. And, you know, I tag along with him. And, you know, small game hunting, I think, with a lot of guys is where we started. And, you know, still for me, I got a beagle now, and I love rabbit hunting with that dog. It's just hearing that dog bark, man, it's it's a blast.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, so that's how that was kind of your foundation was uh, small game hunting with your dad?
1: Yeah, definitely. And then like 16, you move into deer hunting and, um, you know, got my first ball, took my first deer at 16, and it's kind of... You know, spiraled from there.
0: Gotcha. So you, so my it says, my dad. It says here that you got your first gun on your sixteenth birthday, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, my dad got me. Yeah, eight seventy Wingmaster, twelve gauge.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And is yep. that is that how you kind of started? Was with a gun, or did you kind of? Jump in both bow hunting and gun hunting all at the same time,
1: oh God, um I must have done a year or two just with a gun, and then got a bow later, maybe it was about seventeen eighteen I got my first bow, okay, probably that sounds about right, but yeah, I had two years of shotgun just shotgun only at that time, so
0: got ya, and then was uh Do you remember like your first couple hunting seasons, how they went? I mean, did you have, I mean, did you have like a dad, an older brother, or uh, an uncle who kind of mentored you through the whole uh, process? Or did you have to do a lot of learning on your own?
1: No, it was definitely my dad. Like definitely me and my dad would go. And we had a, we had a property that we hunted, you know, um, private land, a little bit of public around the area that we would hunt too. But, uh, um, yeah we just uh um, we do like little little two man kind of deer drives and stuff is kind of the way we do we would hunt, you know sit i think a lot of guys do that too you know like uh sit your first few hours and then kind of get up and you know doing the the all day sit thing with my old man you know back then he's you know he's he was never like a super die like a super die hard deer hunter you know we'd get out and, we get a couple deer every year, fill the freezers up. That was kind of our goal, you know. With the, at, you know, that time, you know, when I'm seventeen, eighteen, and I'm hunting with my dad, we're not like looking, you know, age class and rack size bucks. It was kind of, you know, filling up the freezer. So. Right. Right.
0: Okay. So you you kind of started off if uh, you know kind of a if it's brown it's down type mentality or or were you strictly hunting for does.
1: Um, no, we have, we have doe tags and, and buck tags. I mean, I wouldn't say, I'll, I'll say that for like my first year. I mean, the first year I shot, I think it was a button buck. My dad pushed it through this brush It ran right towards that. I'll never forget that, you know?
0: Right. Right. And then, uh,
1: you know, then you start, you know, I'm kind of on this, you progressively get, you know, time in the woods makes your Self, more aware of deer size and what's a mature doe versus a, a button box. Butt. So I'm kind of you know figuring that out my first few years hunting. And so,
0: right, okay. So when you were when you were younger, um, you know, from a strategy standpoint, I always like to ask these types of questions because I like to see how people evolve from that. Hey, we go out, we shoot does, we fill the freezer. To sounds like. Now that you have your own property, you're going to, you know, start stair-stepping your way up to maybe a a better age class or a bigger rack size. So, walk me through. Yeah, definitely. Walk me through how that's kind of progressed uh, for you over the years.
1: Uh, so, honestly, I'd probably say it's it's really started somewhat recently, maybe like the last five or six years I guess around there and then prior to that um I was still kind of shooting does I shot a small buck probably six seven years ago now and um I haven't shot a buck since 2015 was the last buck I shot it was a nice nice nine pointer I'm not a score expert I've never put tape on him but if I had to get you know my buddy's like oh yeah he's 130 all day and he probably is a nice uh, dressed out 192 pounds it's the best year i've ever best year i've taken that was with a ball yeah um so yeah that's kind of the, the what i'm after now um you know those are i would say where we're at pretty easy to come by so so getting some meat in the freezers not an issue um you know the last few years have definitely let bucks go by that when i was 20 21 22 i probably would have shot you know so yeah yeah you know what you know let the let the young bucks go and let them grow right? so that's, that's right that's where i'm at now. okay so
0: you said that the last you haven't harvested a buck since 2015 and I, I'm reading here on this, uh, this email that you sent me, and you're going to say, worst of my life. The last, the last two hunting seasons have been yep. the worst of your life. Why don't you tell us why they have been the worst hunting seasons of your life?
1: <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll go to 2016. Um, I had a nice, uh, nice buck on camera that, that was kind of like my like target buck. So then at this point too, I'm hunting, uh, my in-laws and, and now we, our property is now compared to my in-laws, they're only a couple miles away. Um, and they have a dairy farm with about 150 acres. So that's kind of where I've been hunting for about the last 10 years now that I've been with my wife, <laughs> excuse me. So yeah, 2016, I had this nice buck on camera, you know, um, never saw him during bow season. It was God, it was getting towards the end of muzzleloader season, and I'm telling you, the snow was um, over the knees a lot of times, like, you know, it just brutal snow drifts, slogging through. I'm like walking up to this stand thinking, you know, this is just going to be a waste of time anyway. So I'll finally get, get to the stand and um, sure as shit, here comes this deer. I'm like, you got to be just by himself and you know i'm with the maus alone never forget it i shoot this thing goes down feet up in the air snow flying i'm like all right things dropped right here you know i'm all jacked up hearts going i get down i slog up to this thing and you can see where he kind of was skin looks like you drug the deer through the snow you know for like 30 40 yards or something and when he gets to his feet easy tracking you know the snow is so deep and i see very little blood, like couple drops, little drops. And then he's off. Um, now it's getting dark. Um, yeah, well, I mean, long story short, I went back the next day, and I'm telling you, it's not for lack of trying. I, I end up finally found him where he lay down that night. Um, just a little golf ball-side thing of blood where he laid all night. Um, went up. You know, stayed on his tracks for a while, got mixed in with all kinds of other deer tracks. And, you know, I kind of left it as optimistically as I could that the deer is going to live. Um, yeah, it sucks. I still just <laughs> telling the story. I can see this whole thing replaying, you know, yeah. I never never did recover the deer. Yeah. Um, that so, same season. So um, one second. What, one second. 2016, to... we... What do, yeah, you, yeah.
0: what do you think happened?
1: Uh, uh, I mean, you hear guys talk about that no zone, right? Yeah. Um, Front and above high. Above the vitals. Front and high. That's what. That's uh, kind of what I'm thinking it's got to be.
0: Yeah, so that, you, so, think, yeah, you think you shot that, him in no man's know, land?
1: That's, that's what I'm thinking.
0: Okay. So you track to track to track? You didn't find him, and uh, so at some point you got to move on,
1: right? Yeah, and like I said, it's not. I spent an entire following day. Yeah. Um. You know. So that was that was that one that same year. Um, I kind of got into this property hunting in Illinois. Uh, this is bow hunting only, and um, it was about the last day of our hunt. Shot. You know, a shot right underneath it, seen my over uh, right underneath it, never had another shot at a nice kind of mainframe 10-pointer, one of those. It's like as soon as you see him, you're like, shooter, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, another, another loss that same year, um, so yeah, man, it's been rough. So in 2016,
0: you had uh, a, a hit and you never recovered, then you had a, a pretty big miss. What was your mind state at that point? Yep. after you you missed that second buck?
1: Um, Yeah, I had, uh, there was about three or four days left in season. Um, I came home, cleaned my gun, and I was just sick about it. Like, you know, I'm I'm done for this year. (laughs) I was just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys can relate. You know, we probably all lost them, and you never forget it. I'll never forget it, you know?
0: Right. Absolutely. So were you kind of, so you, you basically just hung it up for that year after that, uh, archery miss in Illinois. It, I mean, it was time, was time up.
1: Oh, that was first. Oh yeah. Well, the arch, the, the miss in Illinois, that was, uh, first week in November. Okay. Um, then come home back to New York and the muzzleloader hunt was like, we'll call that like mid December. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. And then after that, your season was over.
1: Um, but yeah, there was like, excuse me, well, yeah, there was like three or four days left. I don't remember the exact date, but yeah, I, you know, after that day of tracking, I came home and cleaned my gun and put my stuff away. And said, that's it, You I know, mean, I was just, to talk about it. Crawl, yeah.
0: <laughs> crawl under a rock and heal, heal your wounds, so to speak.
1: Yeah. 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 Yep.
0: So, okay. So, you know, pretty tough season in 2016, uh, It sounded like that trend continued for 2017.
1: Kind of. I mean, so, yeah, I was hunting this property for the first time, you know, at at our home now. And kind of just feeling it out, you know, seeing what uh, neighbors I could see any So, yeah, go back a little bit. We bought the property and I'm walking the woods. I found uh, two stands and a blind and then like a platform you know, so somebody was hunting the property before we bought it. And, uh, so yeah, last year hunting it, kind of just, uh, feeling it out, you know, seeing what kind of bucks were around, got a few cameras up and ended up shooting two does up here. Um, so that was okay. Seeing, you know, some bucks, nothing really too, to get excited about past a couple two and a half year olds. that I would guess the two and a half. Um, but yeah, again, (laughs) I'm, So now the miss or the hit and again uh, non-recovery it was almost verbatim of the prior year. Same stand. I I went over to my this is on my in-laws farm. That buck was within oh god 10 yards of the shot of the one I missed the prior hit and didn't recover the prior year. And it was like same story like shot he didn't go right down but took off um snow wasn't as deep but i mean just a drip of blood if there if there was if it wasn't oh actually very little snow and there was patches of wet and you know we didn't have the snow like we did in years past um very very little blood um drips here and they're very, very hard to track. I, I stayed on them. God, probably that was a couple hours after dark. Um, Cause I was kind of checking the forecast and it was like going to rain. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, again, I'm like, I'm like having a panic attack out in the woods. I'm like, how can this happen? Two years in a row, same stand, a buck standing basically in the same spot, runs off in the same direction. And I mean, it's just unbelievable. How did this happen? Like with a muzzleloader, I don't know if I said that, but so I I gave it an effort to that night. I went back the following morning, um, you know, I'm marking on my GPS where my last spots of blood were, I put some tape up in the tree and at this point it warmed up in the night. So the snow was kind of the way he ran kind of going into like some spruce and pines where there's not a lot of ground snow covered in it anyway. And man, I, I just grid patterned it all day. Um, going not really on blood at this point. I got, cause there's no snow. The ground is wet. I had just a couple little driplets to go on anyway. And same story Two two years in a row, mother loading late season Two, uh, yeah. <laughs> Two two hits, two unrecovered. Yeah,
0: sick, man. yeah. Sucks, so. man. Sucks. So going through, yeah. go, going yeah. back and like replaying this in your head, like you like you said, you had. Is this kind of a scenario that you might be dealing with, uh, like uh, some target panic or like uh, some buck fever, or maybe your equipment is off, or maybe you didn't practice as much as you should. Um, What do you think is part, you know, some of the reasoning behind that? Because I always overanalyze everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, It it could be like a combination of, of those things. I remember, I think it was, it must've been the one last year. I just, I just get up into the stand. I'm like a little bit, you know, I'm hunting like the last couple hours, whatever. So I just get situated, get my gun brought up and, you know, it's a little bit early. I'm, I'm kind of planning on getting a shot around, you know, the last few minutes of shooting light when deer are going to start to be moving. I mean, they've been hammered with pressure up here all season. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of just going out thinking in my head, I'm going to go for a, a nature walk and sit here. So I get up to the stand and my phone vibrates. That's my wife. She probably just got out of work or something. And I'm, like, hey, what's and I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, I'm hunting. Okay. You know, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go there's a buck coming right now. I'm like on the phone with her. So I like, (laughs) Hey, you know, it happened so quick. It's like, put the phone back, get my gun up, you know? And, and yeah, it was definitely that last year was rust. Um, you know, I mean I had a clear shot. It's just, yeah, just one of those things, I guess I feel I had a solid, you know, solid rest. It was a hundred yard shot. It's, I, I do practice with the muzzle loader. I, I, yeah. You know, it's not like shooting, like if you're if you're rifle target practicing or bow part practicing, you can kind of fling a bunch of uh, muzzle loader. I mean, I don't know if you muzzle loader or hunt, but it's like you got to clean the thing, you start getting fouled up, and then your shot's getting inaccurate after three or four shots, whatever, just shooting it. So the gun was on. Was, last year, I think it was just another uh, front high and, high and forward kind
0: of deal, you know? Yeah. 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 That sucks, man. Uh, I've been there before on, I've missed, you know, I've hit wounded. Um, and it, it kind of, it kind of messes up your head a little bit. Uh, I know. Oh yeah. I know for for me, I, when, um, you know, I had a broadside, uh, shot at a giant, and I hit him high. I never recovered him and I I just I was shook up about it cuz it was a deer I had hunted for, you know, 4 or 5 years. Then um mm, I've yeah. had a, I've had a a miss on a pretty decent buck and then I've had a um uh it was kind of my own this was my own fault. I let him walk through a, a probably a I'd say a 170 class deer high one sixties walked yeah. through a shooting lane so I could try to get him on film, Dumbass move. And, uh, <laughs> I shot him way back in the hindquarters. quarters and he ended up surviving and, and was shot several years later on a na- neighboring farm. But I was just, yeah. you know, it's like, when is this going to end? And whether it's, whether it's luck or whether it's just continuing to practice and, you know, so forth and so on. So what's your mindset going into this upcoming season?
1: Um, right now, awful. I haven't, (laughs) I haven't thought about the last two years as much as I have talking to it now. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, but I guess, uh, okay. So yeah, this year, um, I mean, I feel pretty good. I'm going to, I'm going to really, uh, pick, uh, try to do quality over quantity hunts, you know, um, really be wind conscious. I mean, years. And that's another thing I've kind of been the last couple, couple, three, four years really been like playing the wind and and everything is, you know, I kind of got out of my truck and put a little field spray on my boots and stuff, wash my clothes before the beginning of the year. And, And be probably semi-conscious of it, but, um, you know, there'd there'd be a lot of times where especially, you know, I guess just, just quality over quantity hunts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I gotta, you know, I gotta juggle, uh, I got a three-year-old now. My wife is pregnant when hunting season comes around. She's going to be very pregnant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like every, I mean, you got three kids, you know, it's like every year is going to be. You know, so this year it's like three-year-old pregnant wife. Next year is going to be like four-year-old newborn. Yeah. So it's like every year it's like, you know, you got to have that that balance. But yeah, yeah, optimistic wise, I mean, yeah, I'm. Uh, what about your gear? Really putting in are, my are gear. You,
0: are you making any changes? You know, because you've had two years. Uh, worth of maybe like bad hits or misses in your, uh, and I don't know, have you made any changes to your equipment or have you felt like you're going to be practicing a lot more or anything like that?
1: Um, yeah, definitely with bull hunting. Um, that's going to be like my primary focus this year. Um, I mean, New York is a two buck state. If you hunt, I mean, I'm looking to harvest one mature buck and a couple of those that that's good for you know feeding my family throughout the year to we do eat a lot of weed a lot of venison turkeys rabbits squirrel you know everything while I do a lot of walleye fishing and everything so um yeah I'm shooting I've been shooting every day I try to at least fling a few arrows um I did upgrade my sight this year and a little bit getting used to that but um, right now i'm getting it dialed in um if i can drop brands and stuff on here but i got the the spy hog uh double pin i've always shot a single pin this is like a two kind of vertical pin deal on it um with the 10,000 pin versus the 19 i've always shot a 19,000 pin and so far i'm liking it man i'm shooting good groups um i'm shooting farther you know i've I'm doing a lot of reading and, and listening to stuff, guys, you know, advice. Um, you know, if you're never going to, you know, probably never going to take a shot at a deer, 60 to 80 yards, but I am I'm shooting 60 to 80 yards right now. Actually, today was the first time I shot 80, and, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm, like, making great groups at 80 yards. I've never shot that far, but when you get up to 40 and in, it is like – a chip shot, you know. I'm yeah. and I'm I'm really getting confident at my at my shots at 40 and in right now. So, that's good. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's just um, you know the sight. I'm not going to say it's on the sight, but just just you know persistent practice. I guess is, is yeah. what I go up until seasons. So.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, shooting. You know, being confident in your practice is, is something that I felt last year. Like I felt like I was getting better as an archer last year and that kind of translated over into the woods because this year I killed my buck and it was the longest distance I've ever, ever shot and killed a, a buck at. Um, well, I think it was like uh 33 to 35 yards. I want to say is what I uh, shot yeah. my buck at and I passed through broadside shot really good. Um, you know, really good shot and I killed him dead, but, um, and, and that right there is also a great type of, um confidence booster when you i feel like i I feel like i have good confidence and good momentum going into this upcoming season as far as my archery skills are concerned however i changed bows again so so now it's just a matter of getting comfortable with your equipment again you know shoot and shoot and shoot as soon as i get done recording this podcast i'm heading back outside i'm going to shoot some more and uh man just uh continue to I don't know I don't know have you ever have you ever held on to a piece of equipment so long that you just felt comfortable with it It, it, like it's automatic
1: yeah I'm kind of getting that with my bow this year this will probably be my fourth season with it and I was kind of like you know thinking you know I'm I'm looking at new balls, and I'm like you know what like we just bought this all this this property in this house, which, and, and, uh, man, do I really want to drop a grand right now on a, just, you know, basically a bare ball and all this other stuff when, when honestly there's nothing wrong with mine, you know, and it, it shoots good. I feel comfortable with it. And, you know, it's not going to last me another probably five years, but this year it's, I'm really confident when it's this year. So yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. When you can walk into the timber and just feel deadly, man, that's awesome. Um, So now I want to talk a little bit about this uh, property that you purchased. And why don't you talk to us first of all about – because I've talked to guys from northern New York and I've talked to guys from eastern New York, but I've never talked to anybody specifically from the area that you hunt. You mentioned it's a lot of ag. So describe the terrain of the area that you hunt.
1: Um. So my property, um, I guess if you want to go like the areas, like kind of rolling Hills, some steeper Hills and stuff, but my particular 120 acres. Um, so I got about, so we got, I got like 70 acres behind the house and then we bought another 50, like across the street. Um, so the property kind of like behind the house is honestly is, kind of flat, just kind of a gradual incline, um, you know, there's not like over at my in-laws property, it's it's a pretty steep hill, a lot of ridges, ravines, there's a creek that runs through it. I love hunting that, kind of figured out deer movement a little bit over there. Here, you know, in my house now, like I said, it's kind of flat, um, behind the house, across the street. I got a big ravine that cuts down. Um, but again, that 50 acres, I got like a 20 acre field over there. Um, yeah, 20 acre field, 20 acres of timber and about 10 acres of just nasty scrub that deer do bed in. Um, I did some brush hogging over there over the weekend and, you know, I've seen some deer kind of jumping out of there. You can get a real good look at i seen some tails going, but you know, that's kind of across the street behind the house. Um, so years ago i guess there must have been they had some good intentions of planting like a christmas tree farm so that didn't apparently didn't pan out because now they're 50 feet high and planted way close together that's probably about an eight acre chunk um i got another probably 15 or so acres of like a goldenrod field and um that i've kind of been turning into I got some food plots planted in there now, and then the rest is uh, timber, um, a couple areas of like a pole stand, I guess you'd call it, not some real mature hardwood, but as you get kind of deeper in the property, there's some like beautiful white and red oaks, a couple black oaks that I found too, um, some hickories, you know, just kind of your mixed batch, northeast timber, I guess. Um, gotcha. I'm definitely trying to improve um, batting and, you know, been playing around doing some hinge cutting and, and really, really trying to improve the habitat on, on the, on my chunk of ground up here. So.
0: Right. Right. So the first year of this property, what, what kind of deer were on it? I mean, you mentioned that there was signs that people were already hunting it, but what was the quantity and what was the quality of the deer that kind of visited that property?
1: Um, trail camera wise, um, how many did I have? They had about four or five cameras up. Um, and again, like if you, if, if you're in New York and and you shoot like 130 inch or above deer, like that, you know, you send it to your buddy and then pretty soon, like everybody knows you shot that deer, you know what I mean? Like 130 inch deer here, that's, that's a quality deer, like. Uh, occasionally you'll get, you know, you'll hear somebody shooting a booner and that's the like talk of the talk of everybody, you know, Oh my God, did you see this deer that so-and-so got? Yeah, I see. You know, and everybody's got a story, you know? So, um, if you're talking, like I said, I'm not like, I'm not going to say I'm like an authority on rack sizes, but it, you know, I, I'd put them at like a hundred to 120 inch deer. Um, pictures i got i don't know maybe four or five different bucks um all nighttime. i never got one daytime picture of a buck that you know besides yearling bucks um i saw a couple of those um never had a shot opportunity on one the other one um again just kind of it didn't feel right you know what i mean so yeah let him go um I did find out that a neighbor shot a pretty nice eight-pointer, probably, like I say, around that 120-ish or so. Um, but, yeah, they, they do get a lot of, you know, there is a lot of pressure around the area, so um, a lot of, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still kind of feeling it out, you know what I mean, and, and last year hunting it was kind of tough. And I mean, we moved. Like I say, that first week of September, um, hunting season starts October first, and it's like we're we're moving I and mean, like, you know, remodeling the kitchen, trying to do that, and in the, in the meantime, too, and and it's just juggling that, getting the balance of family, family work, and hunting, you know, and trying to figure that all out now. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, the deer are here, um, and like I said, I'm really I'm really trying to uh, make this property. Uh, a quality place. All right. Know, so quality, what quality about, deer hunt up there. So,
0: yeah. So what about the, uh, the, the plans for the property then? All right. So talk, I mean, the deer are there, right? You, you're going to run into something at some point. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, holding out. It sounds like um, making sure yeah. that y- you stay true on passing those two-year-olds that you want to pass and uh, potentially even maybe some three-year-olds. But, from a, from a habitat standpoint, what are your goals for that new piece of property?
1: Um, my goal is to create something where deer do not have to... Um, where they feel comfortable. They have everything they want on our property. They don't need to go over to the neighbors. They have the food. They have the water. They have the cover. They have the browse. And kind of create it just as, you know, keep whatever I can do to keep the deer on my property. Um, like this year I got, I put in um, some brassica food plots and they've, you know, this is my first year of kind of playing around with that. Um I bought a couple pieces of equipment, but again, I'm lucky, like my brother-in-law, he's a couple miles away, more than generous to help, you know, use a tractor, use a disc. Um, so I'm really lucky that way. And got a couple cameras over the food plots and they're just hammering them right now i got like i said a brassica and soybean mix that i put in and it's doing its job whether they you know they're not i don't think they're going to last through hunting season so i'm going to do a little overseeding here probably in mid-august um i planted some kind of like some native plants doing some edge work um, hopefully those will come in. And actually they look pretty good right now. I put some like witch hazel and some dogwood bush in and this is all kind of stuff. I'm just reading the you know, uh good deer habitat, browse cover. Um we do plan on putting a pond in hopefully next year. Um the water source. Uh the neighbors have ponds but it's you know, I don't think that there's a quality water source, so hopefully the pond will kinda of do some of that. Um yeah, was, I mean, every day something's on my mind. What can I do? Where where can I take that chainsaw today? What can I, uh, what can I, you know, what can I mow up or brush up or work on this edge or, you know, do? I'm trying to do doing playing with some hinge cutting a little bit, you know, and um, yeah. It's just every day it's just something on my mind. It's a lot. It's a lot to maintain. A lot to, lot to keep up on. So
0: yeah, yeah. I hear that, man. But hey, it's a good it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, you got a uh, you got yeah yeah definitely you got property, you got potential, and uh, you're a hunter. So you know, you add all those things up, man. And it sounds like uh, you have uh, you have the recipe for success.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta put the put the work in. So, so I'm doing so, what I can, you know, one yep. guy with a family. So. Yep.
0: <laughs> so with this property. What are your What are your goals? Let's say What are your five year
1: goals? Five year goals. Um, I mean, so I had uh, the forester come up and look at the property. We're going to be having a timber sale here after after deer season, so that's going to be nice. Um, we definitely have the same like the mindset of. Forest uh, management, you know, so we can have a sale every 10 to 15 years. We're not clear-cutting anything, removing things that need to be removed, put a little money in our pocket. Um, you know, like I said, forest health, make make the most of the forest and the timber. Uh, get that pond in, get these food plots established, and, and really just, like I said, just keep these deer comfortable on this property. Like, keep, even myself, like, keep... You know, myself playing smart, like um, play the wind right more this year, and and like I said, just just create a sanctuary on this property where the deer are comfortable all year round. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good goal to have, man. Well, sounds like you got uh, some work left to do this summer and uh, to get ready for the upcoming season. And let me be the first to wish you good luck this upcoming season, man.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: Yep, you too. Ladies and gentlemen, another week of podcasts in the books. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying all this content we're putting out. The Sportsman's Nation is growing and growing and growing. So if this is the first time you've ever listened to a Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, welcome. I'm crazy and uh, a little... I got more than one screw loose, I guess you could say, but uh, I enjoy doing this. So check me out on social media, right? Nine Finger Chronicles, Instagram, Facebook, Sportsman's Nation, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, be sure to go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, what else should we do? We should thank the partners of this podcast, Exodus, Wasp, Lone Wolf, Deer Lab, Prime, Ripcord, Ozonics, and Hunter Safety Systems, man. Uh, I am jacked for this weekend. Finally! Finally, I get to go and check my trail cameras. I am, I don't even know what to, what to, what to say. I'm jacked, right? I'm going to set up a, a couple tree stands as well. And then, you know, it's just a matter of time until I go check the trail cameras again, probably the second week of September, and then I let it set right I let it set for like 4 weeks and then I'll go in and maybe hunt a piece of the property that I don't know maybe check a, tra- a couple trail cameras and before you know it the rut is going to be here right that's like 3 months away but still that 3 3 months is going to go fast and I'm I'm rambling on here so I'm going to end it like I always end it and I'm going to say this message to myself Dan Johnson this weekend when you go to hang up your tree stands, you have to wear your damn safety harness. Shameless plug from Hunter Safety Systems. Have a good weekend, everybody. Wear your damn safety harness and wear your damn safety harness.
1: Have have a good weekend.